passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 15 where the Apostle Paul says that Christ came. He, he, was, he, he came in flesh. He, there was an advent. And His coming was to show the truthfulness of God. To confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. So there was a purpose to the advent of Christ. There was a purpose to His coming. There was a purpose to His arrival. And it wasn't so that we could just gather here on a well Christmas lit evening and and enjoy the purple and enjoy the lights and enjoy the songs. There was a purpose so far and away beyond any of that that it, it, it captured the very nature and essence of the reasons why He came. And it was to show the truthfulness of God that what God said would happen did indeed happen. And long foretold throughout the pages of the Old Testament, God had recorded for His people time and time again promises. And He had said a a ruler would come. One would come, and He would come from the line and lineage of David. And He would come and He would rule His people. And He would come and He would lord over the Gentiles. But the Gentiles would hope in Him. And He wouldn't be a lord like any other cruel master or slave driver that you have been well accustomed to. He would be gracious and the Prince of Peace and the Everlasting Father and the one to come and have their hope placed in. And we looked then this past Sunday, just a few days ago, at the different dwellings of God, different places that God has dwelt with His people. And in the Garden of Eden, you had this perfect, unblemished, unsin-stained dwelling with God and man. But then sin entered the world, and that relationship became broken. But God did not leave His people without a place to dwell with them. And without a way and without ways for them to come and interact with Him. And the tabernacle and temple throughout the Old Testament was God dwelling with His people. But then Christ came. And He came in the flesh and He came and dwelt. And that word dwelt, it it literally means tabernacled. And what John says in John 1.14 where Christ came and made His dwelling among us is that the very presence of God came and, and, and was embodied in the man Jesus Christ who was God. And God's people dwelt with God. But then Jesus died. He rose again. He ascended. But He did not leave His people without His Spirit. And God's Spirit, God Himself, the very presence of God dwells here in this room right now. In the lives of us as believers individually as we go to our homes collectively as we gather. But there is one last dwelling of God and His people. And Revelation 22 speaks of that. And it will be a dwelling where there will be a physical dwelling once again. There will be a day when we will physically see with our eyes the one who died for us. See, there's a second advent, though, coming. And yet, what do we do here now? Kind of in limbo. We have the Spirit. We've been promised 
all of these tremendous things. And, and the, the advent of Christ confirms the promises of God. Confirms that what God has said would happen would indeed happen. And so all of those promises yet to happen can take those to the bank. Because God's good on His Word. And our celebration at Christmas time is a celebration of that. Celebration that we worship and serve a God who is good on His Word. So, but what do we do now? Well, there's a word that's often used throughout the New Testament. It's a word called worship. And I think it can summarize well for us what you and I are to do now. As we celebrate the first advent of Christ and as we await the returning, the second advent of Christ as well. I don't know if you brought Bibles, some of you got digital versions, but Romans chapter 12 is where you could go if you would like to follow along. We're going to put those verses on the screen for you as well. But just two verses tonight that I'd like to look at with you because they, they give us a picture and, and some guidance as to what we are to do here as we await for the second advent and as a result of the first. And Paul says this in verse 1, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, <coughs> by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worship. See, there's, a, there's an appeal that Paul is making, and that word appeal that he uses is, is, is a word that it, it connotes a, a, a really passionate and strong plea. I mean, you can, you can imagine him perhaps just on his knees, just begging these people as a result of what God has done. I, I appeal to you to have a response that's, that's worthy of what He has done in your life by the very mercies of God and what He has done in you and for you. I, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. God's mercy is a tremendous thing. We celebrate God's mercy this time of year. We celebrate God's mercy and in, 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 in His grace. His grace in giving us what we don't deserve. His mercy in not giving us what we do deserve. And, and I was thinking about this. Christmas gifts in some way, for, for those of us that have little kids, can, can be a bit of a celebration of mercy, at least for them. And they may not think about it this way, but, but we don't necessarily give them what they deserve. And you think about that, that Christmas song, and it's probably the one that I hate the most. Um, but it, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas because I ain't been nothing but bad. I mean, there's this like, all of a sudden this kid has like this epiphany and he's like, holy cow, there's consequences to sin. This is terrible. And, and, and yet, I mean, we may joke about that and, and certainly it's, it's perhaps fun to connive with your spouse about whether you're going to carry that plan out. But I don't think any of us are, are, are planning to go that route tomorrow morning. Well, that, that's mercy. I mean, we celebrate mercy. We celebrate grace. And it's, it's that mercy, it's that grace that Paul is saying, look, as a result of what God has done in your life, 
as a result of the, the grace that you have received, as a result of the, the mercy that you have been shown, as a result of the forgiveness that He has forgiven you with and the love that He has lavished upon you, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That word present is a fascinating word, and we're not going to really look at anything in great detail tonight. But it's a fascinating word because it's a word that actually has uh, its, its roots in the, the worship system that the Jews would have had and, and used. And, and so when in Luke 2.22, when Jesus is, is said to have been presented in the temple because he was the firstborn male, and it was, it was following what was to have been done for all firstborn males, that, that's the same word. It's this idea of, of being set before, being brought before and, and, and set aside. That's what Paul's saying. Hey, because of what God's done in your life, set yourself aside for Him. Set yourself aside in front of Him. And when He says our bodies... He certainly means the physical capacities we have. But it's far greater than that. It's our minds. It's our emotions. It's our, it's our, it's our desires. It's, it's what we allow ourselves to be enticed by. It's what we allow ourselves and how we allow ourselves to, to react to situations and, and to interact with people in situations. There is a, there is a sum totality that's in view here where it's, it's everything that we are. There's, there's not different parts of me that God wants and different parts that He's okay not getting. He wants it all. He wants it all. And in view of His mercy, the correct response is to offer it all as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Well, there's a positive command there to present your bodies, to present our bodies. (coughs) Paul in Romans 2 gives us a negative aspect to that as he continues, Do not be conformed. To this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, where there's a positive command to go and do something, there's also a negative command to not do something, and that would be to not be conformed. Now, that word conformed is a fascinating word. It means to exert pressure on something from the outside to change its form. I think of Plato. And if there was ever a gift that communicated hope at Christmas time, it's Plato. Because you get it, and the first thing that you think about is this is the tub that's not going to turn gray, this is the one that's going to stay vibrant. And you give it a week. And it's gray, and it's crusty, and you're like, man, and you throw it away. But we we conform Play-Doh. And I've got a Rapunzel. Well, I don't have a Rapunzel. My girls have a Rapunzel little Play-Doh thing. And they, they, I mean, they can make hair grow. And that's conforming. It's, it's, It's exerting pressure from the outside 
to change something's form, to change its inner in its in inner substance, so that what you see when you look at it looks completely and entirely different than what it originally was. One year, and this was before we had kids, Carrie asked uh, me to get her a robe for Christmas. I think she was pregnant with Allegra. She knew that she'd be running around the house taking care of a small child. And so I got her this robe. I thought I did pretty well with this one. And it still lasts. I got it at Kohl's. Apparently five years, three kids, fairly high quality. And uh, it's very soft, if you would like to know that as well. Um, but I got this home, and, and the people in Kohl's just kind of put it into a bag. And so it's in the bag, and I'm, I'm looking at this thing, like, what in the world am I going to do with this? Like, how, how is this going under the tree? And so I, I had gotten a box. I think I was in the checkout line, and the people at Kohl's were like, would you like a box? I was like, yes, I'd like a box. So they gave me a box, and I get home, and, and, and I, I get the, the rope in the box, and, and it, it's, it just, just doesn't fit. And I'm thinking, this is not good. Like, how in the world? And so I, 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 started, I started putting some pressure, exerting some, some pressure, trying to get this robe in this box. And this was about probably as good as I did it. And I'm thinking, this is not going to go well, and how am I going to wrap this? And so I did what any red-blooded American male would do in this circumstance. I went and grabbed the duct tape, and... And just started taping the thing. And see, this is going to be good for all of us for a lot of reasons. Because not only is it a good illustration, Carrie gets to open this gift again. And it'll be like Christmas all over again. I just started taping the thing up. Just looping it together. That's for you, baby. But what I was left with was something that I could wrap... Kind of. But its its form and its structure had completely changed. That's that word conformed. Do not be conformed to this world. Tyler, you can put that slide back up. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't, don't let the world press put pressure. From the outside, begin to squeeze you into its mold. I mean, you just think about some of the things that we may read or watch on TV. I mean, it's, it's feel this way. Want these things, buy these things, respond this way, interact with your spouse that way, maybe not have it. And you can just go on and on and on. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that, that you and I are, are, are facing pressure from the outside that is trying to conform us. It's trying to mold us into an image that looks radically different than the one that we've been formed by Christ. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't let the world press, crush and put pressure on you so that you, you do what it wants. You think how it thinks. You value what it values. You, you prioritize what it prioritizes. 
but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This transformation, this word here is, we get our English word metamorphosis from it. It means something from the inside out. Something that's been radically changed from the inside out. You see this just drastic contrast here? To be conformed is is external pressure pushing from the outside in to try to press and mold and squeeze and let's get that square peg in that round hole and and, and let but but to be transformed is to is is from the inside out. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're transformed through God's word as it renews our mind. And that by testing, we may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Christ came to show the truthfulness of God. Christ came because God had promised a Savior to save His people from their sin. And God did not leave, nor did He let His word go unfulfilled. One of our greatest issues is that we have this internal issue called sin. And unlike a lot of popular messages today, where the problems are viewed as outside external problems, the solutions seem to be internal from in, we just need to find whoever's got it, and I mean, we'll solve ISIS if, because somebody's got a, got a solution, right? But far rather than the issue being outside of us, and the solution being inside of us, the issue's inside. And the solution is out. And the issue is our problem with sin. And the solution is Christ Jesus who came. And so I don't know where you're at, many of you. It's good to see some of you. It's good to see all of you. It's good to see some of you here for the first time. we got to wrestle with this. we got to wrestle with what we do with Christ. Because He came. I mean, historically, you can't deny that He came. And He came for one reason. And that was to deal with sin. Christmas provides us with this unique opportunity to pause 
and to consider these things. So if you're here tonight and you do not have a relationship with God, glad you're here. And the good news of Christmas is that you can be reconciled to God. And we just sang it. When we sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing, God and sinners reconciled. That that problem of sin, that, that's an internal problem, it has an external solution. And that's Jesus Christ who God sent because of his love for us to die on the cross for us. You can be reconciled to God. You can, you can, you can have your sins forgiven. Perhaps have life find meaning and purpose that far exceeds wealth and toys. In joy to the world, the Lord has come. And he came for sinners. He came for you and I. For those of us that have that relationship with the Lord... Paul's words are appropriate for us. And Christmas is perhaps that season where, again, we're just, we're just given maybe a little bit more of a, a window into to, to our, our motives and our emotions and our desires in ways that we're not come February. And, and we, we can see that may, maybe we trend a little bit more like the world than we do like the Scriptures. And the words of Paul are appropriate. In view of the mercies of God, let us present all of what we are before Him as a spiritual act of worship. Let's not let the world conform us, squeeze us into its mold, but let's rather be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I'd love to pray with you. We've got a couple more songs we're going to sing. We've got a few candles we're going to light. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, we thank you for Christmas. I thank you for the time that we get to decorate our houses cut down trees light candles buy and wrap Christmas gifts God I thank you for just the different opportunities that you give us for life to slow down God maybe in this stillness could you speak to us God if someone here tonight is, is, is not reconciled to you they haven't placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins God would you move God would you stir in their hearts 
Lord, for those of us who do love you, would you stir in us and reveal to us the, the areas that we're, we're far more conformed than we should be. Far more like this robe, just in this box, all taped up and, and so far removed from what was original. God, would you be gracious and reveal these things? God, we thank you for the promises that have been confirmed by Christ's coming. Thank you that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So God, thank you that you loved us and you sent your son to die for us. And it's in his good name we pray. Amen.